Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. All right. Thanks for joining me again. I want to first give a shout out to all of my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for supporting. I know how, how difficult money is these days, and I truly appreciate every penny that is that y'all give to me. And it, and it helps create this content, helps me fight my legal battle. So we have Sam and An- Angela Shelke at the $20.20 a month. We have the pandemic reprimando level at $17.76 a month. We have Kevin Alanos at the self-made $10 level. We've got the refined, not burned at $5 a month. We have Linda, Emmy, Joe, Pat and Bev, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, and Elizabeth. We have the Courage is Contagious. This is $1 a month. That's $12 a year. It's not very much. And I appreciate all of these. It's not much out of your pocket every day, but it, it's a, a lot to help me. That's Amanda, Jay, Spetsnasty, and Darrell. Thank you so much for all the, the support you're giving. Don't forget, we've I still have these patches and stickers available. We've got the subdued sticker decal and the full color decal, the pandemic reprimando. All right. Now that that's out of the way, I have an amazing guest that I can't wait to introduce you to. She is a a physician who specializes in chelation. Her name is Anna Mihaika. And if I mispronounced it, hopefully she can correct me here in a minute. But thank you so much for coming on with us. So today we're going to be talking about hopefully ways to get this stuff out of our body, whether we got the shot or didn't get the shot. And we may be able to learn some some intriguing things about people who didn't get the shot even. Um, And I first heard you on Alex's show, The Way Forward. And I want to give him a huge shout out because he's been a huge help to me. And he's been able to connect me with some amazing guests that I've had on. So Dr. Mihaika, and I do. Mihaika. Call me Dr. Anna. That's fine. Hi, Sam. Okay. Hey. Yeah, call me Sam, and I'll call you Anna. Appreciate you coming on. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I appreciate you. I think, you know, in this time, you are a tremendous hero. You know, us physicians, we had a tremendous opportunity to stand up and stand for truth. Many people did not. And I think what you've done for our nation, for the people that you've written vaccine exemptions for, to stand up against, you know, the system of the military and pay such a price for it. I mean, you're a true hero, and I'm so honored to speak to you today. Thank you. Well, thank you, but I'm 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 much more humbled than than the words you said, and I truly appreciate it. But it's it, there is no other way to have done this. I I wouldn't be able to look in the mirror. I wouldn't be able to look at my kids. This is a fight that we have to fight. Is to leave it to leave it alone and to lose this fight would leave our children in a place where they didn't have the tools to even resist this. Absolutely. And I think, you know, so I'm a trained internal medicine physician. I have an anti-aging clinic. I've done chelation therapy for, for years. And I really started getting into all of it with COVID. I started early treatments in, in my patients and then met with Dr. David Nixon and really looked into what is in the vials and collaborated with an international team of researchers to find out more. And what we found is quite interesting because It is important to look at it from the perspective of treatments for vaccine injury as well as shedding. So I want to also clarify, you know, I've, I've researched the phenomenon of shedding for a long time. I was someone who advocated for D-dimer testing very early on because I saw that unvaccinated people were affected by the vaccinated and then found elevated D-dimers rapidly increasing 
And now that I do dark field live blood microscopy, you know, I'm able to see in the blood, not just these, these structures that we've also found in the vials that appear to be self-assembly nanotechnology based on hydrogel, graphene with metals, but the same structures that were found under the microscope in the vials were then seen in the live blood of vaccinated people and now in unvaccinated people. And so, you know, my my journey has been looking at all of these different things. What what are the components of it? What do we know about it? How should we adjust our treatments to be able to have a more comprehensive way of addressing this? Because if if everybody believes that they got mRNA and that there is a spike protein, well, you know, a lot of the people who've analyzed the vials didn't even find mRNA. They found metals, for example, tungsten, aluminum, you know, aluminum, all kinds of other things like gadolinium, gadolinium cesium. And then they found these structures that some people call carbon-based nanotubes, some people call graphene. Clearly, you know, the, the chemical analysis of that is challenging because it's a crime to look at these vials. But looking at what's been happening in my patients and seeing that I've seen tremendous accelerated aging process and why is that happening, these new methodologies of live blood analysis have, have really been helpful. And I've found some pretty stunning findings that are, I think, concerning. They're very important to look at. And so I just appreciate the opportunity to even speak about this because a lot of this information information is being censored on many different platforms. Yeah, we're, we're very used to censoring around here. Not, not so much doing it, but getting censored. And so that's why I'm so glad that you can come on because this is vital information that everyone needs to know because whether you got the shot, whether you didn't, and you know, there, there's still many great things we can learn from what you've discovered. And I think it's very important also to, to really emphasize what you said that, you know, cause everyone thinks, oh, well, you know, it's MRNA. It's terrible. I got the shot that didn't have the MRI, MRNA. So it's not as bad. Well, that's not true because, because of what you said, which I think is very critical is they're not finding MRNA in the stuff that's supposed to have MRNA. Yes. And I think that, that looking at this whole operation from a broader perspective and the background. So I've done a lot of research into synthetic biology, transhumanist agenda. You know, if, if you think about this, this whole plan to change humanity into hackable animals and to basically say, hey, <clears throat> the, the, the conscious ability of people to choose and to, to have ingenious thought that that's actually under siege here. Plus the spiritual aspect of the war, like Juval Harari is talking about, is that, that the spirit and the soul are a thing of the past. And what my question was, you know, what would be the technological platform that would be needed to, to create something like that. And what's been coming up is clearly hydrogel. So even Todd Callender now speaks a lot about this. This is the platform of this transformation. So hydrogel is it's called a carbon-based polymer, and it can self-assemble and it can mimic any cell in the body, but it can be augmented through metals to have different properties. For example, how it reacts under 
electrical fields, magnetic fields can be programmed to actually develop protein hydrogel microchips that become sensors and receivers. And so we, these are literally now creating technological devices. And what I want to explain is that, that so our biology is something that can be altered and made to do something that's not natural. But if you look at, for example, our DNA has tremendous storing capacity. So if you, if information data storing capacity, if you think about that by 2025, you know, humanity will have produced about 33 zeta bytes of, of information and you could store all of that information in a ping pong ball size of DNA. And so if you can, DNA itself is a hydrogel, it's a self-assembling polymer, and you can make it do stuff and literally create devices that are part biology and part technology. And so this is where we're, we're moving into the transhumanist agenda, this whole idea that people are emitting, for example, a frequency of 2.4 gigahertz, the MAC address phenomenon. But also what is the purpose of it is that, that there is a sensing uh, of our, all of our data, our biological data that can be transmitted to the cloud, but we can also be then basically biohacked via frequency and be modulated. So the metals are important because in geoengineering and, and things like chemtrails, we've been sprayed with all kinds of metals like aluminum, aluminum, barium, even uranium now significantly. And I'm going to show you a metals test that is from a patient in my office. And if you see there, the aluminum and the barium are through the roof. But you also see cesium, which may be radioactive. It doesn't specifically look at the isotope. I've seen a substantial increase in uranium. If you look at tungsten, Mark Steele is a weapons expert, and he says that, you know, if, if there's a radar, a satellite that's just looking at you from space, then you could look kind of like a ghost-like figure. If you're loaded with these metals, for example, tungsten, you can be targeted via 5G weapon systems, and killed from space. And that's the point of this wetware that we've been loaded up with. It has electrical and radar properties. And so I personally believe that not only are these metals highly, highly toxic, particularly if they're nano-size, they cause tremendous toxicity from neurotoxicity, chronic fatigue, brain fog, mitochondrial dysfunction, so causing all diseases of aging. So, we, but they're also synergistically to toxic. So, the more stuff you have in your body, the more you're aging and declining. And so, now looking at okay, if you, if you, for example, had these shots or you had other shots, because this stuff, the nanoparticles, for example, have been found by Antoinette Gatti in over 44 different vaccine preparations from Jardazil to Tdap to everything. So, everybody who's been getting their shots, they've been loaded up with these metals. And, um, and so this is a cumulative assault. Plus, we're inhaling it with these nanotechnologies that are also being sprayed. So then what is the... <clears throat> What the, what the issue is, is that we are being changed. 
in our biology and modified without our conscious control because you cannot feel that you have metals in you. You cannot feel that you have the synthetic biology in you. And the problem is, is that a lot of the information is being suppressed. I think it was very important that Mike Adams did the study of the clot and he found carbon-based polymers, which are self-assembling with metals in them. And it was a material that was highly combustible. It wasn't blood. I mean, this should have been a news all around the world. And this is what hydrogel is. Uh, so the, the issue is, is that these materials like hydrogel are highly sensitive to electromagnetic frequency radiation, as well as electrical fields. So, for example, Dr. David Nixon showed that if he had a Wi-Fi router on uh, close to his microscope when I was looking at the vial contents, these ribbon-like structures that looked like optical communications cables were developing at very high rate, and then these microchips were also developing. If he put a Faraday cage around it, it wasn't developing. Now, how does this apply to somebody who has this stuff in their body, and they have a cell phone on their their body all the time and they are you know exposed to wi-fi they're in the cities literally in studies the hydrogel can grow from nanometers which is a billionth of a meter to centimeter size in minutes if you apply a magnetic electrical or an electromagnetic frequency field in my personal views this is where the kill switch lies what that means is that I've talked to people like Clifford Carnicum, who's, who's analyzed what they call Morgellons fibers, which actually turns out to be sprayed. These are synthetic fibers that are sprayed, and they have the same composition as was in the vaccines, which is, he found polyvinyl alcohol, which is a hydrogel, quantum dot technologies in there, and there are metals. And so this, again, is a sender and receiver, and what he did was when it was exposed to a low-grade electrical field, this stuff was exploding and growing in, again, a matter of minutes. So what happens to an athlete who's exercising, who has been injected with this technology platform, and they are now exposing their body to a, a stimulus where this hydrogel can grow and at extreme rates. So I think that that these considerations, the more I learned about it, the more I wanted people to become aware of the technology behind it, that it's important to know about it, what are sort of risk factors, and that outside of standard vaccine injury protocols that contain your ivermectin and your nutrients and all that, I'm all for that. I am saying that because nobody knows what's in the vials, you have to broaden your view and include many other different things to be able to cover your basis. Yeah, there was, there was one thing that you had said a while back, I think it was on Alex's show, and it's called The Way Forward. And you had said that, at least if I understood you correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that the electromagnetic signals that our body itself makes could affect these, not just the external forces. And so that was, I think, your hypothesis, if I'm not mistaken, as to why some of these high-level elite athletes are dropping dead because they're they're exerting so much energy that their electromagnetic 
um, frequency and their radiation from their body, from their heart, from their brain, from their neurons, from all these things. And we, we've seen, we've documented that years ago, and that's not something new, that there is, that we are electrical beings and physical beings. And, and that may be causing that, whatever is causing people to drop dead. I will be highly concerned. You know, I published in my Substack an article that showed that the spike protein gene sequence, mRNA sequence, if there's mRNA that people got, has a sequence in there that produces hydrogel and amyloid. Let me explain that. A lot of people are saying that that the the death and the clots are occurring from amyloid. But what that paper clearly outlined was that the P- amyloid is only produced at an acidic pH around four. At a normal physiologic pH of seven, that spike protein was synthesizing hydrogel, not amyloid. And that is documented in the scientific literature. So you have a, you would call it gain of function. You have a, a chain of, of information biomolecule and you can get it to do just about anything. You can have a yeast produce petroleum. You can insert a sequence into an mRNA that you inject into people to create hydrogel. And then this hydrogel is self-assembly. It's self-learning. It's intelligent. It's conscious. It has been used as a material to create artificial brains that emulate the human brain because its substance was able to recreate glial cells, neurons, and all structures in conjunctions with carbon nanotubes and metals. So this is where I had done a lot of my research in terms of, because my background is also in studying biophysics, I've written a book about what's called light medicine and really looking at this, this biophysical field that we are and how that can be modulated. And if you understand some of these, some of these scientific principles, then the war looks completely different. And really these, these molecules that I'm advocating advocating in particular EDTA. So the reason why I'm speaking so much about EDTA was there was clearly shown on a patent that it was an, an antidote to hydrogel. Hydrogel is extremely durable. You can heat it up to 1700 degrees Fahrenheit and it won't, you won't be able to destroy it. But EDTA is able to, to break some of the cross linking and it can remove the metals that are important to imprint the hydrogel with certain mechanical and electrical properties. So what makes the hydrogel a device, the programming, is based on what metals are used. For example, gold, or we talked about aluminum, other things. So the EDTA can remove the metals, it can disintegrate the, the hydrogel, and it also has the properties against graphene or the carbon nanotubes themselves. So what I've seen in clinical practice is that when I look at people's live blood and I see the blood is full of these ribbon-like structures, they have extensive rouleau formation. And then with rouleau formation, you see what a lot of people call the terrain, which is sort of the background full of fibrin, microclotting, and basically showing a highly acidic environment in which the red blood cells, instead of floating all on their own, they're just 
clumped together and large microclots are able to be seen. And so when you then use, I use IV EDTA chelation, one or two IVs clears the blood of the structures, you see that the Rouleau formation disintegrates, and then we put them on an alkaline diet, you're able to help with the this Rouleau formation, the lack of oxygenation of the tissues. I also recommend EDTA transdermal. Some people, they want to use it orally or rectally. I don't recommend it because it binds to minerals. The only other form I would recommend is maybe liposomal if you do it orally. So, uh, so the reason why I recommend the EDTA is because it does these three th- things, addresses the hydrogel, addresses the metals, and does address the graphene or carbon nanotubes. There are people who, for example, recommend chlorine dioxide. We've done testing on many different substances and looked at, well, what is able under the microscope, for example, or in a longer-term culture to dissolve these structures. It turns out that chlorine dioxide took a long, long time to dissolve them, while it instantly dissolves the Rouleau formation. Dr. Andreas Kalker is doing more research on that. I don't know if he has any more updates, but... I just want people to know that ivermectin does not dissolve the structures. David Nixon, and as well as other colleagues, we have discussed uh, colloidal gold has been having effects on dissolving the nanochips. But again, one of the issues is that we've seen with Dr. David Nixon's work is that you can get the structures and the microchips to dissolve. And then you leave the the slide sitting there, and if you expose it in another Wi-Fi field, these things, they can regrow. And what I've talked about is that I believe that there's some form of vacuum engineering involved here. This is quantum-level technology to where a blueprint of what this technology is supposed to be doing is actually in the in the subatomic realm. It isn't in the material pl- plane. So it it dissolves, it appears and disappears as quantum cloaking me- mechanisms there. But but just because it, it disappears doesn't mean it's completely gone because we cannot see with our microscope on a nanoscale. So I think that, that I would never say something is a cure, that we figured it out. This is extremely advanced technology. I think that we need to keep going and find out what what else is, is going on. On and help people as best as we can. So, so we're we're learning what we can. We don't have the equipment in the United States. You cannot look at the vials. Certain experiments are challenging to do. So, I just want to warn people that not one single person has figured it all out. I think that that taking a broad approach and covering all bases is important. Thank you so much for mentioning that too, because like I don't want to come off as, and I don't want you to come off as some expert that knows everything, because we don't. That's the whole thing is we're, you and I are, are groping around in the dark. Now we're, we're probably heading more towards the light than, than the majority of science and the science as it's, as it's been proclaimed. And the man who claims he is science, Anthony Fauci, but we're at least willing to say, no, I've been wrong here before. Let me, let me move to this new thing. Here's a new thing. Let me see, let me examine it scientifically and and look at the pros and the cons and, and actually look at it and see if it if it does have a benefit. So I, I truly appreciate that. And, and the humbleness that comes along with science is, is always need, need to be stay in needs, always needs to stay in there. Now, I remember you had talked yeah. in your, and the open-mindedness. 
the open-mindedness to want to know because the solutions would be evolving if if this um is a is a technology that is so versatile that most people don't even understand i think it's just very important to stay open-minded and to not shut down conversations but to look at the the data that has been accumulated and endeavor to use it as best as we can yeah, and I think that that's a really good point too. It would seem as if we're talking about, you know, for the the person who maybe hasn't come across what we've been talking, what you've been talking about so far, it may seem like we're we're trying to. I guess another similar argument would be like saying, "Oh, we never landed on the moon." Well, that's not the debate here, but it would be as rad. The ideas you've been saying could sound that radical to some people. And you know, I'm not commenting on the moon thing. That's that's a different discussion for a different day, but. I encourage the listener and the viewer to go open up the U.S. Patent Office website and start searching for human augmentation, and your face will melt off with the things that I've I've seen that you will find, where it talks about communication to and from a human brain, where they can project a picture of someone on your thumb, and that way the soldier, because it's, it's obviously a soldier because they're holding a weapon, and they can identify the target, and they can, whoever's watching what the soldier's watching, in real time can communicate messages to the soldier. And this is under, you know, searching for human augmentation. These are patents that have been filed and passed. And, you know, I mean, are they lying? Sure, maybe they are, but it's there at the U.S. Patent Office. This is not something shocking. This is something that's actually written in public documentation. Yes, absolutely. I think that the the more you open your mind, the more fantastic the story becomes. And what people also need to understand is that science has been heavily compartmentalized. You know, us doctors, we're being kept so busy on very specific topics. There's very few doctors who studied nanotechnology, electrical engineering, you know, synthetic biology. So, um, for somebody who doesn't have that background, it's very challenging to see these things and to understand the concepts. So it requires a interdisciplinary conversation because somebody who doesn't understand that nanorobotics is already so far advanced that, that we now have, I mean, computers on a nanoscale that, that, that is something that, that's very challenging to comprehend for a regular primary care doctor, you know, who prescribes antibiotics, for example. It's, it's just that, that the, the amount of information needed to see a broader picture is phenomenal. And I also think that this is clearly also a spiritual war. And what I mean by that is, is that it is, it is an attack of everything that we value as human beings and who we are as human beings, how we relate to each other, you know. I mean, the WF wants us, you know, to own nothing and be happy and, you know, be so, be basically living in a virtual metaverse reality in some smart city irradiated. And so I think that, that that's another component for a lot of people to understand is that without understanding the broader agenda, the depopulation agenda, the the poison of the food supply, our airs, that, that our entire planetary ecosphere has been under siege. 
you know, and it becomes such a large picture for people that psychologically might be very challenging for them to comprehend. But without us informing ourselves about these things, we, we cannot adequately fight the right battle. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're in a war and a lot of people are not understanding, hey, your capital is being nuked, you know, with nanotechnology kind of thing. And, and they're just, you know, fighting with the capital cavalry, you know, on on some field. It's it's just it, it's just you cannot see the full spectrum of of what is going on. It's very, very complicated. Yeah, and I want to kind of want to go kind of a, a different direction here for a second and just give a a fictional world, right? Where We've, we're fighting this enemy because we, we are in a spiritual battle. I've been saying that from the very beginning. I truly believe this is this is a fight in the unseen realm. This is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities of darkness. But also, there is a, a real battle because something is trying to, to get this nanosynthetic parasite, this nanosynthetic technology into every human. And then it makes you begin to wonder, why would they be doing this? Who would be doing this? Who has this technology? You know, is it is it... Is CCP? Is it China? Is it Russia? Is it Iran? Is it America? Is it is it even a nation state, or could there be something outside of a nation state that has sentience, that is aware and alert, and is trying to preserve itself, trying to keep from being eradicated from the face of the earth because it wants to preserve itself and it knows humans are, you know, we we react to fear and with fear to everything, and if it can have a human brain cloud backup, let's say, by getting people to convince themselves that they need to take this nanosynthetic parasite that allows something to take over their brain and use some of their processing power, right? I mean, think of like like Bitcoin, right? You've got this decentralized money system and you know they're doing algorithms on the surface, but could there be something underneath that surface that's using brain power that like an artificial super intelligence type of idea that's trying to preserve itself so that when we figure out that it's around, because this is every single movie since the beginning of movies, once we figure it's around, we're going to try and take it out. How would we take it out? Well, we, you know, maybe an EMP, but if it's on human brains that are connected into the internet of bodies, then could, could, could that be a logical theory? Could that be something that, that might happen? Or is that just something that my brain just kind of came up with just now and, and is way too far-fetched? Because I, I remember watching this movie called Colossus, a Forbin Project, and I encourage the listeners to go watch it. And it's really interesting because if you remember back a few years ago, I think it was Facebook came up with some sort of artificial intelligence, and they had two of them connect and they started talking. And then pretty soon they ignored everybody and developed their own language and ignored everything. Well. That, it didn't come from the movie in 1972, but that same exact thing happened in 1972 in this movie, Colossus, a, a Forbin project. So was it telling us that, hey, you know, this is probably what would happen, and then it actually did happen? So should we, should we be concerned that artificial superintelligence is behind all this? Yes, and then who programmed the super, you know, the, the the AI and where did it come from? So, I mean, this really gets into other historical perspective. You know, there's, you know, even f- from the time of Sumer, all kinds of, we know, historical perspective on this. I do think that this war has been going on for thousands of years. If people are biblical scholars, you know, we know about that. And it's just people have different languages for things. I do believe that 
said this is clearly a demonic type of an attack, but it's highly intelligent. If you think about this hive mind that we've seen, and I just want to remind people of lockstep, how all of the governments of the world were in unison and they did the same thing and nobody argued with each other. And I always laugh because I try to correlate that with the freedom movement, for example. We're still individuals and we're annihilating each other, suing each other, you know, fighting each other. But what is so interesting is that, that the idea of the hive mind that's actually controlled by a superpower that gives you know, people, human beings, power over others, you know, money, power, greed, sex, whatever your addiction is, you can have it. If you sell your soul, because these people no longer have a conscience, they have no problem with eliminating two thirds of the known world, you know, they have, and they have also proclaimed their, their views, you know, even on the Georgia Guidestones, etc. So I think that, that first of all, no idea is off the table because as soon as you censor yourself and say, oh no, this is too far-fetched, you you are not allowing the full spectrum of reality to really to uncover. We are experiencing a movie of the matrix that you can't even fathom that how bizarre our reality is, how contrived, how everything has been a lie. And ultimately for me, what's so important is, you know, Let's say I look at the freedom movement and some people, you know, they say, okay, it should be all just about, you know, you should have the choice whether or not you take a vaccine or not. But what about the fact that, you know, Big Pharma has been trying to kill people and poison people forever and that, you know, a lot of the science that is behind a lot of what what medicine is driving, you know, statins are mitochondrial toxins, you know, they cause all diseases of aging, they cause arteriosclerosis and congestive heart failure, you know, the, the suppression of nutritional medicine, the suppression of technologies that are based on frequencies that are able to heal people. So what we're seeing now is the weaponization of a technology, but you could use the same idea of like a 5G frequency. You can, you can manipulate that with a frequency that's healing and you could heal the entire planet with the, you know, with a push of a button. So all things in this polarized reality are either good, uh, they can be used for the good, or they can be used for extreme evil. Unfortunately, we're sort of in the total darkness zone here. But I personally believe that nothing's off the table. Who did Eisenhower meet with in 1947? You know, what really happened as Roswell? You know, what happened with Thomas Aquino, the Satanist general in the military? You know, it was, it was developed by up mind warfare. Why is the media controlling our observation? Why is the human observation so important if we have a science called quantum physics that says humanity by, through observation is collapsing reality. We are creating reality. So by keeping us in fear, by keeping us, you know, in this continuous lack, we are creating a collective reality that is just that. If we stop believing that and we become love, we actually become a collaborative brotherhood. We awaken spiritually, not not in the sense of just one religion of Christianity versus, you know, Islam 
Islam versus Judaism. All of these are artificial constructs, just like, you know, race, gender, creed. They're just trying to separate us. But if we come to the point of realizing that as humanity, in our diversity, we are one and we're brilliant, we could create a phenomenal world of, of magnificence that, that doesn't have to be destroyed through synthetic biology because it is already enormously beautiful and magnificent as it is. Nobody needs to mess with our DNA. It's phenomenal. So I think that that looking at it from that perspective, you know, ultimately, we are not here just to point out how horrible things are, but we are here to basically say, we will not have this. We are creating a world that we like to see. And the more we speak about it, the more we are creating that reality, the more people are waking up. Eventually, that shift will occur and we will find antidotes for all of this misery. At least that's how I see it. No, I agree completely. Like, if someone's listening to this, then they're at least questioning enough to be able to hear what we've been talking about and and to give it legitimate thought to go, okay, maybe it sounds crazy, but let me look into it. Maybe there's some truth behind this because these are both intelligent people who have done some research and they're like, huh, maybe if they they could come up with that postulation or that thought or theory, then maybe that's really possible because there's so much that we don't know. And... And just going back to that, this is a spiritual battle. This, you know, there's this really good book out there called The Unseen Realm by Michael Heiser. He's a PhD and he speaks multiple ancient languages. And he walks you through how that idea of the unseen realm is is woven through the entire Old Testament. But if you're not from the second temple Jewish era, you're not going to understand that. And and he just, he opens up the entire Bible. It changes everything and yet changes nothing, but it takes the scales off your eyes so that you can see that there is an evil force whispering in the ear of mankind saying, do this, it'll be good for you or it'll be good for them. But in reality, we see the results. Yes, and this is why the soul is so important. What you did was you listened to your soul because you could no longer look into your own eyes or your children's eyes and live with the consequences of what they wanted you to do. I did the same thing. And the fact is that if we follow our soul, that soul voice is indestructible. I mean, I don't care what they come to me at, you know, and, and I've, I've died a couple times almost already. And, and, but ultimately it's irrelevant because that aspect of us that is immortal, that is divine, that has purpose, you know, it, it will not falter. It will not give in to any threat. And that is, is the power of humanity. The power of no has such a phenomenal spiritual value. And the more that people are resonating with that is important because, I mean, I see a lot of people who, who are against what's going on, but because of their paycheck, they don't want to leave the system because they would lose their income, etc. If you could lose your soul, 
you know, maybe you should lose your income and and make some other choices and become ingenious in working on different solutions. But as long as people remain within the system and support it and continue to, for example, give the shots, even though they know that they cause harm, at some point you have to stand up. You don't answer to some outside judge. You answer to your own soul. And what have you done towards your fellow man? So I I think that's very important. And in the same aspect, we have, while they only have fear, they have the destruction of life. If we hold tight onto love, onto brotherhood, and remember these values, which I think is important, again, in the freedom movement, seeing, you know, how people treat each other there, you know, every word that we say and how we are has a frequency value. And if you believe in quantum physics, a frequency value is a parallel reality. If you want to shift to a reality that has a greater future outcome of extraordinary potentiality for humanity, extraordinary health, longevity, you know, brilliance. I, in my book, Light Medicine, it's called Light Medicine, A New Paradigm, The Science of Light, Spirit, and Longevity. I have made a very specific point that the merging with artificial intelligence is not the greatest future of humanity. We have 90% of our brain that's untapped in capacity. We have so much DNA that's never been unraveled in its potentials. What can we do as humans if we really stop believing in the nonsense that's being fed to us in the social slavery system? What kind of brilliance could we produce and, and part of in, you know, in this galaxy and beyond? It could be phenomenal. And I think that, that humanity has phenomenal divine potential. I think it's a great point. I mean, just the the idea of going to the gym, lifting some weights, changes your DNA and what's expressed, and it changes your physical form. And and now you have bigger, stronger bones with bigger, stronger muscles and tendons, and your mind becomes stronger. And you're it's easier to say no when you need to say no. And it that's one way you can change who you are, change your body, change your your the expression of who you are by changing physically changing yourself by what we do and, and saying no to certain things, you know, that's as you exercise that no muscle, it becomes easier. And, and I think it's a really good point. What, what is it to gain the world and lose your soul? And, you know, let's say you may not have been the person you wanted to be in the past. We'll start standing up now, right now is the time to stand up and say no more, you know, whether it's wearing a mask, because if you don't wholeheartedly believe that a mask will protect you from a virus. And we all know that it doesn't. And, and that all the studies have shown that they don't protect from a virus. I mean, the virus is half the size that an N95 can stop. And so you're lying and to continue to lie makes a false reality. And, and you're teaching your children to lie and you're teaching your neighbor that it's okay to lie. And then what's the next lie? Because it gets worse. It doesn't stop with that lie. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And so I do think, though, 
On that mental hijacking level, people need to be aware that they are influenced at all times, that their cell phones influence them. The artificial intelligence through the cell phones can interact with your bios field and it can program it. It can hack it. And so, you know, being more away from these devices, turning off your 5G, if you can get out of the city, it's a toxic soup there of so much electromagnetic frequency. If you're able to, you know, be out in nature to, you know, to be able to hear your own voice, you have to disconnect from the hive mind that people are plugged into. And so making these choices, drinking clean water, the city water is polluted, full of things like fluoride and other chemicals. You know, if you can get well water in in the countryside, you know, and people say, well, that's too hard to do. Well, then you're going to see the consequences. We are in the middle of a mass genocide and the mortality rates that we're seeing going up, they will continue to explode, explode. And I, I do think that people need to understand that our food supply is being contaminated. You know, how do we find clean food in our communities, grow your own gardens? Because you are what you eat. If you eat poison, you're going to succumb further to what is going on. And you won't have the strength of mind and the clarity of mind to make decisions and listen to the voice of your soul. If you have chronic fatigue and brain fog, you can't think. And that's their intent. This is why this C19 has really affected people. I do functional brainwave testing with the Wavi Brain EG in my office. And I'm telling you, I've seen 30-year-olds whose brain has aged by 30 years functionally, you know, in a couple months after they had quote-unquote COVID. And when I looked at their blood, what COVID was, was these hydrogel structures with Rouleau formation. So this is, you know, interesting interesting perspectives and, you know, being on a good nutritional supplementation program. If you think about something like vitamin C, vitamin C is a chelator. It binds to metals. If you don't take it every day, you're going to be having scurvy the next day. So all of your processes in your body that are requiring immune support, all your collagen synthesis needs vitamin C, and we need it in much higher doses than is recommended. So I love Linus Pauling and he talks about, you know, dosages that are go eight, 10,000 milligrams a day. I believe in this toxic environment. We do need something like that according to your bowel tolerance. And then, you know, doing your other supplements, checking your, your levels of things like vitamin D3 and making sure that they're adequate, at least greater than 75, less than 100. So these things do help a lot to support yourself nutritionally, organic food, you know, and then being aware. I do think that there's a tremendous effort online to create negativity, to attack people who speak the truth. And then there's like this infighting. As soon as you get into a war, remember this, <clears throat> the biblical saying is what, what you do to your neighbor, you do to yourself biochemically, the way this looks like, if you get mad at your neighbor or you hate them, you're producing incoherence and the molecules of hate and anger in your body. In the telomere studies, telomeres are cupping structures of your DNA. 
It's been shown that people who are depressed, angry, that their lifespan is reduced by up to six years and chronic diseases occur. So there's a clear connection between your mind and your body. So to love your neighbor is not just something good that you do for your neighbor. It is something that you do for your own health to practice forgiveness and allowing. You know, if I think that somebody's totally off, you know, I, I speak my truth, but then I, I let it be and I just walk away and I disengage. I don't go into fighting with people because the, the, the vibratory frequency of that is not helpful to anybody. And I just think that, that we are forgetting about that. There's a lot of infighting going on. Absolutely. I mean, you've alluded to, and I'm not going to say names of anything, but we both know people. And I don't think it's an isolated case of people in this freedom movement, suing other people in this freedom movement. And I'm certainly not going to say any names of who is doing the suing because I don't want to get sued and I don't want to be silenced or, you know, suicided or anything like that, because these are people who have lots of power who makes you wonder, whose side are you on? Are you really on the freedom side? Are you on the truth side? Are you on, you know, God's side or nature's God? And and so it makes it makes you wonder, or you at least you at least know that the this the old saying is you will know them by their fruit. And if they if their fruit is love in bringing people together, then they're good. It, it's broader than that. For example, you know, there are people who are what's called in the no virus camp, you know, and and they're fighting against the people in the virus camp. Who knows whether or not there's a virus? It's probably, you know, scalar interferometry or whatever. So I but but if people forget that we're on one side of the army, you don't shoot your own troops, you know? I, I remember I, I, I shared this one post of Project Veritas and I get the nastiest emails of how dare I say something that has the word virus in it. I'm like, are you nuts, people? I mean, go play with yourself. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I just, it just, I think that that people need to understand. I love how you take the virus theory, the train theory, and then you go to the third rail with the scaling weapon theory. It's like we don't know. See, this is the thing. It's like what I'm endeavoring to say, and I love that you're humble enough to to do. This. I believe that we are up against a superpower that is technologically advanced by a good century, if not more to what the brightest minds of us currently know. You can say a doctor, like we are, are pretty bright people, but we are compared to the technological, the weapon system that we're seeing, we're a century behind, at least. And so what what is important is humility in this journey that you know the truth that i find out today and share is not my truth tomorrow because i'm evolving as i'm learning more and i am endeavoring to share with people as much as i can because i'm endeavoring to help others if we as as a as a humanity can come to some form of an agreement like that that we don't have to agree with each other but you know we have one common enemy that's trying to eliminate two-thirds of the known world and maybe we should focus on that exactly exactly and that's i think that's a perfect place to wrap this up is that we need to come together we need to be peaceful and forgiving with each other 
and I truly appreciate you coming on and talking and I've learned new things and you know I am a big fan of chlorine dioxide but as you notice like I'm humble enough to say okay it, then it's not as great as as I thought it was and that's you know it's it's not the best thing to learn like I don't want to learn that I'm been wrong about some things but it's better to learn that I'm wrong and know now the truth and and to move forward and to learn more and and be able to help other people more so what I would would recommend, for example, people do their own studies. So one of the ways that we have studied is we took the, the, the water of ionized foot baths from vaccinated people and cultured that water and then incubated that over time with different compounds and seen under the microscope what would happen to these structures and how long would it take for them to dissolve. And so if more people did research like that, then we can really figure it out or do the, I know that there have been live blood analysis done with chlorine dioxide and it definitely dissolves the rouleau, but what does it do for these these structures? So I am not saying that chlorine dioxide isn't a, a, a fantastic remedy and it might help a lot of people. My personal experience is, is that people have had some short-term improvement, then their long COVID symptoms came back and that, you know, the blood wasn't clear. This is just my personal experience. I'm sharing it and I'm encouraging others to do their own research and verify what they're finding. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. And, I, and I, again, I love the humbleness. And and thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this wonderful bits of information that you've been able to uncover. And keep, keep researching. And to all the listeners and the viewers, do your own research. Figure out what you can, because you can do a lot more than you think you can. It's it's these these people that think they have Gnostic knowledge that oh, only I can do it. Only I can do the research. That's not true. You can do research you have eyes and ears and you have senses and you can determine different things you can figure things out and that's how it used to be everyone would figure it out for themselves and then we'd bring that together and we go okay well let's put all this in the sunlight and see which one grows and which one dies and we need to start doing that again Yes, and if people want to find out more, they can also visit my Substack. It's A N A Anna Mihalcha, my last name, mdphd.substack.com, and I write a lot of articles about many different things as well as therapeutics. Well, Dr. Mihalcha, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just a reminder for everyone out there: duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear. With all that's going on in the world today, perhaps you've thought about storing food for you and your family. Now, there's different ways that you can do this. You can can it, you can dehydrate it. But my personal favorite is freeze-dried. Now, I'm not new to the freeze-dried market. I've had a freeze-dryer for about eight years. Mine is Harvest Right. Now, if you look at the link down below, you can also go look at the Harvest Right website and see if one is right for you. What I love about it is that you can store food, if done properly, up to 25 years, whereas dehydrated canned food and frozen food is four, three, and two years respectively. You can freeze-dry just about anything. Most importantly, you can freeze-dry meat. You can either cook it beforehand and freeze-dry it, or you can freeze-dry it raw, and then when you reconstitute it, then cook it. You can do eggs. You can do milk. You can do just about anything. You can do some fruit. Uh, I even like to have a little bit of uh, what I call weak food available, some ice cream that's been freeze-dried. So if, let's say, we're having a bad week in the future when things have gone bad and we have to survive off this, we've got a a little pick-me-up, a a morale booster, if you will. Uh, But please look into seeing if a freeze 
Dryer is right for you by Harvest Right. Please look at the link down below and see if that's right for you. Thank you very much.